Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. Well, good morning and welcome to Calvary. It's good to see you here. Those of you gathering with us in person this morning, those of you gathering online, welcome to Calvary as well today. We're so glad that you have joined us on this very beautiful Sunday. And for all the dads represented, happy Father's Day again to you. I'm glad that you've chosen to be with us on this special day. Uh, today, I, I come to introduce a, a special guest we have going to be speaking for us this morning. So on your info card, if you have it, uh, the notes that you see there, you can just save those for next Sunday, all right, because we're going to uh, do a, have a little bit different, but we will have some a connection card at the bottom, some maybe some steps for you, so I hope you'll keep that close by. Um, we have a, the, our guest this morning is, I say guest, he's really one of our family, and it's great to have them with us for uh, it, Calvary here. We support several missionaries uh, here and around the world. We share those who start churches in America, but start churches all around the world. And, but we have a couple of missionaries that are very special to our church family. We actually are their, considered their sending church. That's the Wendells in Africa, but also the Goodmans, Chris and Sonia Goodman and their son Christopher, who are in Australia. And for the last uh, little over a year now, we've had the privilege of having the Goodmans close by us. They've been uh, here, right here on the property, and Chris has been recovering and feeling better now, and the Lord's kind of bringing back to health. And that's been great to just see the Lord doing that in his life. But now they're beginning to get ready to do their formal deputation, or they're not their deputation, their furlough, and then head back to the field of Australia. So they're going to be relocating to the Branson area. So this will be their last Sunday with us for a little while. We just thought it would be great for Chris to kind of share on his last Sunday here, share the word with you. So would you give me a, give a warm welcome to Chris Goodman as he comes and preach for us today. Chris, please join us. Thank you so much. G'day. That's the Australian way. Now let's, let's practice that. G'day. There you go. Now you can speak Australian. Well, I thought they speak English. No, they don't, you know. Uh, I, I don't know when the last time was that we did it, but my wife and I usually when we go and share Australia with churches, I speak Australian and she interprets for you because most of you will not. Have you ever heard me do that, by the way? Anyway? Huh? I always go, G'day, mate, how's it going, eh? And she would be like, Hi, how are you? How are you doing? And say, We're Chris and Sonia Goodman going down under the Oz. We're Chris and Sonia Goodman going to Australia. We've been flat out looking at laser drinks since we got on the road. We've been very, very busy since we got on the road. We're Dinky Dye, we play any of Jesus Christ. So that's a little bit, but I want to save that for the next time we come back and share. But that's Australian speak for you, and most of you probably don't know what I said most of the time there, did you? No. Now, I brought a friend of mine with me, and I thought I'd use it one last time. You may have seen it. You may not have, but it is an amen board, <laughs> or perhaps it's the praise the Lord board. And uh, so I'm going to use this a little bit today because I need the feedback and encouragement from you as we share God's word today. Now, before I even get into any of that, I really want us to tell you one thing about it's, it's, uh, I love preaching from these things here, but sometimes they're always like computers are, you know, but I want to start off by saying that you Calvary Baptist Church are so special to my wife. And I, and we thank you so much for allowing us to be here to recover, allowing us to be here to be fed through the preaching of the word through Pastor Steve, 
And it's been so great to be able to just relax and recharge. I, I don't know if you, some of you may not know, but when I was in Australia the last time, I, uh, prior to COVID and all that, I got pneumonia. I was in the hospital, have a temperature of 106 and, and nearly passed away from that. So uh, I had a long recovery. And when I got back here, I was still struggling. And it's been great to be able to be here just to restore our physical and our spiritual health. So thank you so much for being wonderful to us, for letting us be here. For, and, and by the way, I feel the Lord calling all these, these people up here, you know, to go to Australia. We could you're sure use some of that over there. And I, well, I won't take them from you. I'm sorry. But we sure need some of those uh, great musicians and stuff over there. Um, and I especially want to thank Pastor Steve and Shelly both for their helping us also. They've been such a blessing to us, such an encouragement. I couldn't have done it. And many times they've seen me at my worst where I could barely walk. Um, and and Shelly's actually had to sustain me like a crutch at one time or another. It was that bad. So we're going to talk today about what is a missions-minded church. What is a missions-minded church? Now, we saw the video on dad jokes. And so what I'm going to do is I'm giving you an illustration, okay? Because I know my jokes are always good. All dads are really good. They're just kind of deep for most people. Amen, dads? Okay, I've got a couple of you there. But this one story I want to share with you goes to about... uh, a, pap- a Baptist preacher and his wife decided that they wanted to get a new dog. And they were always mindful of their church, so they decided that they, they needed a good Baptist dog for their, for their home. So they visited kennel after kennel and, and spoke to the people there and explained their needs. And finally they found a kennel whose owner assured them, I have the perfect dog for you. So they, they wanted this, to see this, so the owner brought the dog out. And the, the owner said to the dog, fetch the Bible. So the dog runs over to the bookcase. He looks for a little bit, he grabs the Bible with his teeth and brings it over and drops it down. Well, that's pretty good. And then finally the owner says, now, now find Psalm 23. And they're like, wow. So the dog's there with his little paws. He's going like this, you know, turns to Psalms 23 and he points right to it. And they're like, wow, this is incredible. We want this dog. We will take him. So they took him home. And that evening... They had a group of their church members over at the house, and they showed them all the, jo- the, uh, the, the um, performing things that he could do. The dog was just incredible. But one man said, well, can he do regular dog tricks? The pastor said, well, I don't know. I've, I've never thought to even try. So he goes to the dog, heal. And immediately the dog ran over, jumped up on the chair next to the man, the pastor, put his paw up on his head and started howling, oh. And the, the pastor goes, oh, my goodness. He says, oh, we've got a Pentecostal dog. <laughs> now, all, all those of you who are deep thinkers like me will appreciate that joke. <laughs> illustration. Illustration, I mean. Okay, so today, before we get any further, let's just go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you would be upon this message, that you would help me to preach, Lord, and help me to share the word that you've given me. And that uh, all of us would be ready to receive it, Lord. That we will walk out of your house, changed people, because we've been in your presence. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So we're starting off in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. 
<clears throat> and Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1 says, And when he had called unto his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now verses 2 and following, he starts naming off the disciples, so we'll skip to verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not in the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not. I'd like to start off today by giving you five things that we need to be as a church. Five things, and they all start with the letter S. The letter S. The first one is, to be a missions-minded church, we need to be a seeing church. Because it's verse 36, if you'll look back there with me. But when he saw the multitudes, Jesus looked out at the people, and he was moved with compassion on them. When you look out in this world... When you look around your community, when you look at the people in your neighborhood, the people who live around you, your family perhaps, do you have compassion on them? Do you look at them as someone who's dying and going to hell? Are you ready and willing and able to share Jesus Christ with them? Now, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've been in Australia, and I've got to tell you, uh, one of the things that we always find is that no matter where you go and what culture you go, whether it's here in Taylorville, Illinois, or, or Florida, or wherever, cultures are different. And you have to reach people differently. And sometimes, like in Australia, you can't just go up to them and start talking about Jesus because they, we, as a matter of fact, we had a neighbor that lived just down, two doors down from us, and she had just moved in, and we shared with her that I was a pastor, and we wanted to know if she'd like to come to church. And that lady never spoke to us again after that point. She would never speak to us. It's a sad, sad statement, isn't it? But that's the way it is sometimes. We have to adjust to our cultures. And in Australia, it can take sometimes three to five years before you can lead someone to Jesus Christ. You've got to have a lot of patience to do that, don't you? It is hard. It is difficult. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Yeah. And even where you are. You have to find out how to reach the people in your area, in your city, in your street. You have to reach them differently in whatever way that may, may be. But the first thing that's going to help us to do that is we must have compassion for them. We must see them as people who are so desperate and in need of Jesus. They don't know it, but you do. You're a changed person today because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. Hey, let's try that again. Amen? Thank you very much. You know, I, I want us to think today about the way that God sees people, the way that Jesus Christ looks at people in this world. Okay, we might see them as bodies, but you know, Jesus, God sees them as souls, right? We see them as sinners, but Jesus sees them as saints to be. Amen for that? Yeah. We see them as cursed by sin. Jesus sees them as cured by the cross. Amen to that. 
Yeah, we see them different from ourselves. You know, we see colors of skin. We see different cultures. We see the way that they talk. As, as I said before, in Australia, the way they talk is very different. And when you go up, when I first moved there, as a matter of fact, I, I was, it was so hard to understand them. Even though they spoke English, it was different. And they say, G'day, man, can I have two, Bob? Let's say, I got the mate part, but I didn't get the rest of it. They asked me for 20 cents is what they asked me for. Two bob is 20 cents. So I would stand there and I'd look at them like, after a while they'd be like, you yanks. <laughs> That's what they'd always say to me. And I had to learn to listen so closely. Different cultures, different people. That's what we look at. That's what we see. But Jesus looks at everybody as the same. Amen to that? He doesn't look at you differently just because you drive a Ford or a Chevy. You know how that long fight's been going on for years and years, and which one's better? I'm not going to say anything about it. Somebody's going, it's a Dodge. What are you talking about? Or a Ram or whatever. I'm not getting into that, but what, what we need to understand is what does Jesus see people as? And let me ask you this. What color is a soul? Have you ever thought about that? There is no color in souls, is there? People are all the same. We look at people as uninterested and unreachable. They don't care if we, we invite them to church. They don't care if we are, are Christians and so forth like that. Jesus looks at people as though they are thirsty and hungered for the truth. And they truly are. They've just got to be awoken to it. One of the best ways, of course, is living as a Christian in front of them. Amen? Yeah. We must live our walk. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah, thank you. Jesus looks at them as thirsty and hungry. You, you might say, well, Chris, I, I, I don't ever see people too much as thirsty and hungered for God. Well, here's a, an example that I want to read to you, a note that I received from a man by the name of Ian. He was about 19 years old, 20 years old, somewhere in there. And uh, he left, when we were leaving Australia, he left me with a note. And here's what he said. Dear Pastor Chris, Thank you for introducing me to my first church that was filled with love and joy. And um, without you, I would not have met the Lord and be saved. For this, I am eternally grateful. Love, Ian. Man, why do you go to Australia? Because of people like Ian. Why do you give to missions? Because of people like Ian. People who, who are looking for love and joy. And they can only find that in Jesus Christ, right? Yes. Only through Jesus Christ can we find the love and joy. And that's why churches need to, to, to reach out to people right here. When somebody walks in that door and they've never been here before, they should be smothered with love. Amen? They should be surrounded by people who just want to welcome them in and say, I'm so glad you're here. That's what a church should be, right? How would you like it if you walked in? And you're standing there, and everybody else is just having a good time laughing. I've, I've been in places like, I've been to parties like that. You ever been to a party like that? Yeah. I've been to parties where I was like, what am I doing here? I feel so left out. I don't want, to, I don't want anyone to come into Calvary Baptist Church and feel left out. Do you? We need to have compassion on them. This young man, Ian, he hungered and thirsted for love and joy and truth. And because of Calvary Baptist Church and your giving and sending us as, as missionaries to Australia, he found it. Let's do a praise the Lord on that one. Yeah, thank you. Verse 36. 
because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. We look at people as being self-sufficient and totally in control of their lives. And let me tell you, people out there are so messed up, aren't they? I mean, you're driving down the highway in, in California, and there's a cutting off of some kind that's going on. It's so much anger that somebody shoots in the back of a car and kills a six-year-old boy. Is this world messed up? Yeah. Do they need Jesus Christ? You bet they do. You bet they do. Jesus looks at people as sheep without a shepherd, wandering and lost. Most people look as though they have it all together, but they are not all together. I mean, as I mentioned before, what do you think of when you see all these um, Hollywood people and they're up on TV? You know, you, you look at them and their skin is perfect, they're dressed perfect, they, they kind of act like they're perfect, but they are far from it. They have such a high rate of suicide among themselves. Because they can't find the joy and the money and the fame or nothing like that will do. Only Jesus will do. Amen? Yes. Oh, we look at people as though they are alive and never going to die. Jesus looks at people as though they are dying and never going to live unless they have him. Turn to Lamentations if you have your Bible in chapter 1. We'll be there in just a second, so just hang on with me. Many times our first desire is to try to meet the physical needs of people, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they first need Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? And then we can touch their physical needs. I'm not saying not to care for them. I'm just saying first things first. Their eternal soul is more important than the immediate need right now. We still take care of them, but that's the first thing. We need to look at people as God looks at people. I need, number two, to be a missions-minded church, we need to be a sensing church or a compassionate church. Go back to verse 36. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. How do you get compassion? You ever thought about that? Now, again, I said, I'll say this. I've, I've said it before. I'm about to say it. Okay. No amening from my wife. I'm, I'm struggling with compassion. <laughs> it's not a bragging thing. I know I need it. When she comes to me and she's hurt, she wants me to be compassionate. And sometimes she goes, you're faking it. And I go, I'm doing what you asked me to do. I'm being compassionate. But you're not being real. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying, you know. Compassion's not a great thing with me. Have any other guys out there that have the same? Oh, I see the smiling faces. I see who you are. Okay. Thank you for that. How do you get compassion? Some people say you've got to get down on your knees and you've got to pray for it. And yes, that does help. Praying for compassion does help for the lost. Say, Lord, please help me. Have a compassion for people who are dying, who have no hope in Jesus Christ. Help me to have compassion for them. But the greatest thing I think of is when you get among people and see their lives and where they are, to see how messed up things are for them. That's when you really get compassion. Being out among them, meeting them, shaking their hands. I've, I've shared it many times as I walk through the streets. Anytime I have a chance, there's a man, he sits in his garage over here when the weather's nice. And he sits in the garage door, just in his chair, just there. And there's a, every day I walk by, I say, hey, how are you doing? And um, he's a great guy. He's just always smiling, always happy. And he's always got a joke for me. And it's a dad joke. <laughs> okay. It is a true dad joke. But I just laugh and smile. And some of them I've heard already. But that's okay because I'm just trying to, to get to know him. 
to share Jesus Christ with him, to invite him. I don't know what his story is. I've got to take that time. I've got to invest in him. My compassion says I'll take the time to get to know him. I might be busy. I might like to keep walking and doing whatever it is I'm doing. But there's more important things than, than those type things, you know, than putting people first is what we need, isn't it? Most of you will never have an opportunity to see Australians and really have a great compassion for them. But I want you to know that we are over there sharing Jesus Christ because of your compassion for missions. That is why you send us. Missionaries go where you cannot go. They share the good news where you will never. How many have ever been to Australia? Not a single person. Well, you have. Why aren't you raising your hand? <laughs> but we've been to Australia. We've been over there sharing the good news. You've sent us there. You've supported us. And because of that, people are going to heaven. Isn't that great? That's a wonderful thing. When we as missionaries come and share our works, you get to see personally what your support has done. Not just finances, but prayer support also. You know, I, I, I love it when I get notes from people who say, I pray for you today, Brother Chris. Or I pray for you today, you and your family, that you'll be safe and that everything will go well for you. And I appreciate that. I love getting those type of things. Ultimately, the people out there, their need is Jesus Christ. Now, Lamentations, chapter 1 we're going to see here, Jeremiah says, For these things I weep. Mine eye, mine eye runneth down with water. He's saying I am crying so much. My tears are running down because he looked at the people. He had compassion on them. He didn't just have compassion. He got compassion. I, a lot of times whenever I look at Australians and I watch our, our videos and our pictures, I have, I have a sadness or a... a not a sadness, but I have a, a compassion that makes me feel where I start to have emotions. And I look at those people and I go, wow. But it, it's a great thing to see that they are saved. But I have greater sadness is the word I'm looking for now. When I look at the or think back on the people who have not accepted Jesus Christ. I think of a, a man in Australia right now. He and his wife and his kids came to church several times and they got to hear the good news of Jesus and I preached salvation to them. And each time, he says, I, I don't want to be saved. And he's a great guy. He comes around all the time. We've had a great friendship. But my heart goes out and I say, please, Lord, I wish that he would accept you now. And he still hasn't. So keep praying. Keep praying that we would be able to reach Australians and my heart will go out to them as I have compassion. In Romans chapter 10, we're going to look at there in just a second. But compassion without action, compassion without action is just sympathy. And sympathy doesn't do it. Sympathy is not enough. I can feel sorry that someone has tripped and stubbed their toe. But if they fall, I, I don't say, oh, that's bad. Compassion says I run over and I try to help them up. Right? That's what compassion is, is, is action involved in it. So I want them to know that they have someone there to help them. When I'm in Australia and I share the good news of Jesus Christ, I want them to be saved. I want them to know him, to know the freedom that he gives. That's the compassion that we all need to have. And I'm not trying to brag about it. I've shared with you, my compassion sometimes can be wanting is the word. 
But that's what we're supposed to do. The Paul, Apostle Paul talks about it in Romans 10. He says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That is what it is all about. That is what it's all about. Going to Australia, being sent out by Calvary Baptist Church, and being supported so we can share that. There's, um, I've seen the videos. I've never actually been to Nepal. But in Nepal, they have these temples. And in these temples are these cylinder uh, things that have uh, their words written on them. So the people walk into their temple, and they spin these cylinders. And there's many of them there. And they walk through, they walk through, and they're spinning, spinning, spinning as they go through. And, and the, uh, after they're done, they walk out. I watched the video, and you know what I noticed? Is they walk in like this. And they spin and spin and spin. And then they walk out like this. Nothing has changed. Nothing's changed in their lives. Their prayers are useless because they're not praying to the true God. They leave because they, they, they have no hope. And just spinning those things doesn't give them hope. And I wonder today how many times we have, and not just here in America, it happens in our church in Australia too, believe me, that people come in, the world has beaten them up the whole week long. I mean, they've, they've been smacked around, beaten down, you know, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it may be, and they come into church, and I pray that they, as I preach God's word, I pray that they find the answers to it that they're looking for if they just listen. But sometimes they don't, and they walk out just like those people who push those prayer wheels. Their lives have not changed. When we go to God's house and we hear the word of God, we should be changed. Amen? Sounds a little tough on that one, huh? Amen to that? We really know it should happen. But when we leave here, and maybe we say, you know, uh, Chris just didn't do that great a message today. I mean, that was not very good. If I'm speaking God's word, you should be encouraged regardless of who I am. Amen to that one. Yeah, it's not me. I'm trying to share his word. And when I speak and pray and preach the word of God, it should be an encouragement to you. And you can walk out of here saying, well, whatever else he said wasn't much, but that sure was a great verse. I love that verse. I'm glad I got to hear it today because I was in God's presence. Amen? Amen. Yes, that's what we're here for. But we don't, need to be, we don't need to put on a false front. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm saying get before God, lay down your needs, and go out of here knowing he's in control. Have you realized this? We've already won. Satan doesn't know it. But we're winners. We just have to get through this life with him, ask for forgiveness of sins, admit that we're sinners, and go and be with Jesus Christ in heaven. And we have won. The battle's over, but sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we let the world weigh us down. I see it all the time. <clears throat> One of the saddest things I see, I've met people in this town who said, yeah, I used to go to Calvary. Oh, okay, where do you go now? I don't go to church anywhere. I am so heartbroken when I hear that. 
they gave up. They quit. And that is sad to see. And I, I want us all to remember the emptiness can be filled by Jesus Christ today. If you don't know him, keep listening, and you can find the peace that you're searching for. Amen? Have you been changed? Amen? Your life is different. You're not the same before, are you? You're a new person, a new creator, creation once Jesus Christ came into your life. If you aren't, if you're still the same person, you did not get saved. You cannot stay the same. We need to ask our God to squeeze our hearts so that we have tears of liquid emotion coming down our face for the lost. People that are out there who need Jesus Christ, and you know who they are right now. Somebody has just, right now God has laid somebody's name on your heart that needs him. Or that you might think that they need him. And he's saying to you, be a witness. I don't know how that may be. You don't need to run up to them with the Bible. You know what they call us in Australia? Bible bashers. <laughs> when I was a kid, that's what I was always referred to as. Oh, you Bible basher. They, they, their idea is you go up to them and you smack them over the head with the Bible. Now you're saved. <laughs> that is not the truth, is it? Oh, I hope it's not. I didn't get a lot of no's on that one there. <laughs> that is not the truth. We share through our lives and through our personal testimony, don't we? We tell them how we came to Jesus Christ. Where we were and where we are today. Now, three, to be a missions-minded church, we need to be a supplicating church or a praying church. Look at verse 38. He says there, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You know what? I'm telling you. If you're not praying, you're missing out on so much. You, you get to talk to God. You, you don't have to spin some wheel. You get to have a personal conversation with God and through Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? That's a, I mean, that, that should be incredible to you. The only way to get workers to go to Australia is praying for them, to get, Australia, to get workers to go out into the missionaries around the world, to get workers to be pastors in churches or pastor's wives or missionary wives is through prayer. Are you praying right now that God will send somebody from Calvary Baptist Church to become either a pastor or missionary or missionary's wife or, missionary or a pastor's wife? We need to be praying for that always, that he will send someone out. That, As it says there in the verse 38, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You're doing the job here, but you can't do the job in Australia or wherever else. Now, we're going to go over to Acts chapter 9 in just a minute. As I travel this country today, I see less and less people who are surrendering to become missionaries or pastors, and, and, or pastor's wives or missionary wives or whatever God may call them to be. Less and less because they're, they're so caught up in the world, so, so caught up in, in the, the careers and stuff that they forget what God wants for them. I, I've done this many times. Have you ever had a problem and, and you start to work on the problem and you try to figure out how to fix it and how to do this and how to do that? You know, it uh, was recently my wife and I were doing some work on something. And I'm, I'm just struggling to get it done. She goes, you know what? We should pray. And I was like, I guess we're that, that's that where we're at now. We've got to pray. No, that shouldn't be. It should be the first thing we do, amen? We should be on our knees praying to God, help me through this problem. It could be anything. God is first. He's the one we go to first. Not ourselves, but him. You know, when I ask people or preach about 
you know, letting your kids go to foreign countries. A lot of parents aren't willing to do that. They don't want their kids being over there. They, they, I've actually met past, um, men in churches who said to their kids, look, you stay here. I'll give you a great job. You'll make, make lots of money. Don't go overseas. We want you here. And they did that. And they were the most miserable people I have ever met. And they said to me, they said to me, I should have surrendered to God years ago. My life has been miserable. I should have given it to God. I, I, I want us to do that today. I want everyone in here to pray and ask God, how can I serve you, God? You don't have to go to Australia. You don't have to go anywhere else in the world. You can do it right here. But say, God, teach me. Help me to know how I can reach the lost. And he will show you. And that's one thing I want to tell you. I never regret the call of God. But many people who didn't hear it regret it. And then in Acts chapter 9, let's look at the Apostle Paul. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul, which became Paul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Here he is. This is a great example the Apostle Paul, future Apostle Paul is setting for us. He is on his knees asking God to show him what to do. To show him how to serve him. In verse 15 he says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Paul was chosen, just like anybody who hears a call of God. And any Christian who wants to do what God has chosen them to do. You can serve God right here just as well. Amen? But if he's chosen you to go somewhere else, you'll never be happy, as I said. How many times in our lives do we seek God's direction at the end of a problem rather than the beginning? All right, you may ask, how do I know God has chosen me? Well, it's very simple. Listen to me when I tell you this. If you can do anything else in life and be happy and contented with it, then that is what God has chosen for you. But if you cannot be happy and contented, then God has chosen something else for you. As I said, there is no greater joy in my life than to be in Australia. I can't imagine it. Um, Number four, excuse me, to be a missions-minded church, we need to be a sending church. Calvary Baptist has done a wonderful job. They're sending out missionaries. They're sending us out. You know, we're going to go back on the road and, and I tell you, when we started out, before we ever got to Australia, we had visited, I'm going to say, 160-something churches, was it? 174, she knows exactly. 174 churches so that we could raise enough support to get to Australia. Not all of them took us on. Many of them, you know, most of them didn't, okay? But they, there were so many of them that did, and that is not an easy easy thing to go. In our first year, we were in churches Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Different churches each night. And we did that for a full year. And I got to tell you, that really tests your call of God to be doing that. Traveling, always waking up in some other place. Sometimes you wake up, you look out the window and go, where am I? Because you drove in at night and it was dark and you don't know anything that's going on. It is amazing. But it is something that God had chosen for us and we loved it. We couldn't imagine doing anything else. It was hard, but we still loved it. This is what we do in sending forth missionaries. In Matthew 10, verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent forth, he says. 
These 12 Jesus sent forth. Jesus chose them and sent them forth. Most of you, as I said, will never make it to Australia, and so you need someone to go and reach those souls. Have you ever thought about when you send out a missionary to a country or to a, a, wherever it may be, they go there and they start a church like we've done. We started churches, and as time goes on, we teach our churches about missions. And then we send out missionaries. We had missionaries in Africa. We had missionaries in the Philippines and so forth like that. So you support us to go start a church. But then that church then goes and supports missionaries to go to other countries. Then they go there. They start churches. And they support missionaries to go to a fun, another field, another country itself. Your money, the dollars that you give, the prayers that you give, go far beyond what you'll ever see in your lifetime. And it will only be in one day when you're in heaven that you'll find out exactly what you did for missions. So I'm trying to encourage you. Don't give up. Keep giving to missions. Keep stretching. God takes what little we have and he multiplies it. Just like the fish and, and the loaves of bread. Amen? To be a missions-minded church, we need to be a supporting church. And again, it's not just money. It's prayer. And you guys, Calvary... As I said earlier, you have done so much for us by allowing us to be here and be restored. To get health back. To get our feet centered again. And to get back to, ready to go back to Australia. And one of the hardest things I think about uh, being a missionary is when you go back, you leave family. I've got a dad, he's 79 in, on June 30th. My wife's dad is 81. And when you go away for four or five years... You just don't know if they'll be here. That's hard. That's really hard. So when I say a supporting church, you're praying for us that things will go well, that we, we will be able to continue on, even though these thoughts that Satan throws into our heads want us to drag us down. You know, those, those are things that nobody likes. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 9, Provide neither silver nor gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Then in Luke 22, he says in verse 36, Then he said unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say unto you that that it is written, Must be yet accomplished in me. Jesus said, If I send you out, I will take care of you. I didn't know how our support was going to go and what we were going to be when we got to Australia. Because when we got over there, every dollar that we had, we lost 10 cents of it right away because of the exchange rate. So, you know, you get over there and, you, and, and by the way, in our video, you'll see that our rents can be just under $600 per week. And uh, to buy uh, petrol right now is up around 6 to $7 a gallon. It keeps fluctuating because of the dollar increases and so forth. But these are things that you don't know how to plan for when you go overseas. When you start to arrive in a country, you don't know to pay $2,400 a month in rent. Oh, and they like to do it weekly because they get extra time. Some months have five weeks in them. So, but you only get paid once a month or something like that, so you still have to do that. You see what I'm talking about? You don't know these things, but you do them by faith because you trust God. You know that he will take care of you. You're a supporting church. You've done that for us. Um, we always think about the great, great apostle Paul, but I want to share something with you. Have you ever thought about his supporters, the people that supported him when he went out? Okay. In his 13 books that he wrote, the epistles that he wrote in here, 
You can go through and read about all the people that supported him. And listen to me. There were 125 names written down in those books of people that were there for the Apostle Paul that supported him and encouraged him that he couldn't do without. People who helped him when he was in prison. They brought him uh, food. They brought him clothes. They brought him the parchments, the books for him to read. He stopped by their homes whenever he could or whatever they, they could meet up with him. He stopped by there. They provided his, his finances to get on ships to sail around to the different cities. Uh, they, they gave him baskets to escape in from people that were trying to kill him. People just like you stood with the Apostle Paul. And that's how he was so successful. He had their prayer support, their financial support, their emotional support, their physical support. It was because of them standing behind him that he was able to be out there to do the job God had called him to do. Now, what is this all about? What truly is, you know, I I like to use the term faith, promise, missions. Okay, it's where you promise to God, I'm going to do this. But you know the problem there is? You've got to stop saying, I'm going to do this. Because what you can do, there's no faith in that, is there? But what you do is you say, God, lay upon my heart the amount you want me to give to missions. And then you do it in faith, trusting him that he's going to provide that for you. Um, help me to have faith and step beyond my own visions, what you're asking God to do. What we can see. I want to share with you some pictures of some people in Australia who are going to heaven because of Calvary Baptist Church. Can we have the first picture? This is Karen. Matt and Karen, well, actually, Matt came to me, and he said, you know, I've, I was saved as a young man. I left the Lord, and I want to come back to church. My wife does not know Jesus, and neither do any of my children. So they came into church. This is what Karen was like first. This is her baptism right here. Can you see a change in her life because she met Jesus? Amen. Now, then the next picture, please. This is Matt and Karen together, a happy family. And since that time, I believe every one of their children, now they have five, I, I think it's five, right? Five kids, and all of them have come to Jesus Christ because of Calvary giving. All right? Now, let's go, let's go to the next couple here. This is our family. This is um, Emma, Zach, and Maya. They were our next-door neighbors. And for five years, we worked on them and loved on them. And they would never come to church. And finally, Easter Sunday, we were able to get uh, um, Emma to come to church. And then she came and she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior that Sunday. So did Zach. Maya has not yet. But they came. And they are a result of Calvary Baptist Church giving to missions. Well, because you gave people are going to heaven. Can you grasp that? Okay. Now let's go on next to Selwyn and Lene. This is a family Islander couple. They came in and, and that's their brother and their son there. And they came in and they, after the church service, after I preached, they, I may have shared this story as I said before, but uh, forgive me if I have, but they came in and they were just really standing at the back as I was going to go meet them. And they were kind of doing this. And, and just moving back and forth and real nervous. And I was like, what in the world's going on? Finally, I walked up, introduced myself, and they said, oh, pastor, we have never seen a church like this. Can we come back? And I said, no. No, I didn't. I, just, uh, I said, sure you can. You can come back, sure. They came back, and we have the next picture, please. We were able to lead them to the Lord and baptize them. They are going to heaven because of Calvary Baptist Church. 
They are saved because you gave to missions. In the next picture, please. Here we have, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> this is a young girl that Sonia led to the Lord. Her mother, Junko, from Japan, came to our church services. And Junko was saved, but Leon was not. Sonia would teach Sunday school to her and was able to lead her to Jesus Christ. And that is because Calvary Baptist Church gave to missions. The next picture I want you to see is a young man here. This is not Ian that that I shared with you earlier. This young man, uh, Adrian, it was amazing. He came week after week with his mother to church. And he heard the message of Jesus Christ. And I knew his mother was saved, but he was not. And finally, one day, it's like his eyes were opened. And he came to me and said, Pastor, after the services, he said, I want to be saved. I took him to the back of the room. We sat in a chair. And I shared the plan of salvation with him. And he got saved that day. He accepted Jesus Christ. But as he was doing it, tears were just streaming down his face. And he was bent over. And there was a pool of water at his feet from getting saved, from being a Christian, accepting Jesus Christ. Now that is incredible stuff to see. That's where the compassion comes in, amen? These things are only because you gave, because you sent missionaries. There are, there are other pictures I could share with you, and so I will as we come back. Pictures of family camps of, of 30 to 40 people who have gotten together for a whole weekend And we've gone out and shared and just done Bible studies and games and stuff like that. And they're all going to heaven because of Calvary Baptist Church. Because you gave. And others of our church group and stuff like that. I could go on for, man, I tell you, I think Pastor said i got to be done by 1 o'clock. So I'll try and rush. I'm joking. I'm joking. Do you want to be used by God? Then you've got to do this. You've got to have these five things, okay? You got to be a seeing church, number one. You got to be a sensing church or a compassionate church. You got to be a, a supplicating church, a praying church, talking to God, praying for your missionaries. Be a sending church. And finally, a supporting church, a church that just stands behind. And I know you stand behind us. We have been here for a year, and I have seen this church, and I've watched you. Can we stop? Do we stop where we are? No, we keep going on for Jesus Christ. We don't get to a place where we go, you know, I'm pretty spiritual now. I think I'll stop. No, we don't do that, do we? We say, what can I do, Lord? How can I grow? How can I change? Because as you read God's word, you will see, you and I, we all fall short of God's glory. And I didn't want to leave without saying this, too. If there's someone here today who has never accepted Jesus Christ, make that happen today. Your life will be changed. And everyone in here who has accepted him can tell you that for a fact. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this privilege to share your message today. And I just ask that if there's someone here today who has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior today, they might make that decision today. If there's a Christian here who says, I need to do more for missions around the world, missions right here at home, my neighbors, my friends, my family, I pray, Lord, that they'll have the boldness, the courage, and the strength to do it, to witness to someone, to share Jesus Christ. I pray that we all go out of your house today, people who have been changed because we've heard your word, Lord. Thank you for Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. 
Thank you for Calvary Baptist Church. Amen. About and our eyes closed as we take a few minutes and just think about what we've heard today and maybe what God's speaking to us about this morning. If you've asked that question, I wonder what it means to really know what it is to know eternal life, to know that I'm one of God's kids, I'm going to heaven. It's about recognizing the fact that that all of us need a Savior, that we're sinners separated from a holy God. But he loves us, and he sent his son to this world to die for our sins. But he didn't stay in the grave. He rose in three days so that we could have eternal life. And then he says simply to believe in what he did for us and receive his gift. Have you done that? If not, I would encourage you, even in this moment, to call out to him and receive his gift. If you have questions, I'd love to to sit down and go through the scriptures and show you what he means or just to give you clarification of what God is saying to you. So if you want to see me after service or you can mark it on your card or you can message me if you're watching this online, I'd love to show you what it means to know Christ. But for those of us who do, let's just take a few moments and consider those things. Are we seeing the lost? Do we have compassion for those who are lost? Are we taking the gospel ourselves to share with our friends? Are we sending others with our prayer and with our finances? Are we supporting those who are going? What's God saying to you today? And I encourage you to take a few moments, just speak to the Lord and based on what he said to you this day.